Wonderful. Good morning, church. My name is Eric Matoyer. I have the pleasure of serving the Diocese of California, and even more so God and the people of the Diocese, as Associate for Congregational Life. And I also bring the greetings and the love of our Bishop, Bishop Mark Andrus, of our Canon to the Ordinary, Canon Stephanie Schatz, and all of us who work at Diocesan House. And I tell you, this is the fun part of my job that I get to be with you on a Sunday, worshiping the God that we love, and even more so getting, hopefully, God willing, a chance to meet everyone. So, hi. Hi. This is great. Um, what do I do? So, I, so, just a quick description of my job is I, the bishop has the canon to the ordinary, who's sort of an executive officer, and I assist the canon to the ordinary. But I focus specifically on congregational life, which is everything from, um, you know, helping a congregation try to uh, find its way when sometimes it feels lost, to settling vestry disputes, to negotiating with the guy who bought the house next door and suddenly realized on Sunday morning, why do you people ring those bells? and little issues like that and it's a wonderful position it gives me a chance to be out here but also gives me a chance to try to live the life of all of everyone every part of the 83 congregations that make up the diocese of california 83 congregations five counties all across the northern half of san francisco bay and with that it also makes me realize that so much of our life is interrelated that we don't always realize that when we're in our own parishes, but when we visit from parish to parish to parish, we're connected. And we're connected because that's what God calls us to be. We're connected because this is who we are as Anglicans. We're connected because we always gather at the table. We're always gathered, welcome to the table, worshiping God. And I tell you, when you get a scripture lesson like this, it makes you think twice. And a little story along that line. The boy is watching his mother, the pastor, write a sermon. How do you know what to say? Well, Reverend Mother says, God tells me. And the boy looked a little thoughtful and said, Hmm, you're doing a lot of scratching things out. If that's what God is telling you. And I consider that a good thing because it means that we're wrestling with the, with the question of this passage. And it is a challenge because for me I see the gospel lesson in three parts. There's a wedding banquet, that's the overall story. And God, or the king, sends out the engraved message with his slaves, his servants, and says, come to the banquet and they're ignored. And because he sends them out again, and they're ignored, they're abused, and some of them are killed. So he sends out an invitation to the uninterested, to the B-list, to the second-ranked people, but they come. So it's not the people that he wanted, but it's the people that he got, because he wants the place to look full. After all, ordered all this food and the little canopy trays and so on, and you don't want them to go wasted or, or you know, they're not eaten, the drinks are sent back. And, you don't get a refund and all those terrible things. So you get the second round people who come. The ones you didn't quite want, but you know they'll do. 
and then somebody in the second group shows up and you know they stand out because they seem like they're a little clueless they're not wearing what's appropriate for a wedding which made sense to me coming from somebody in the east coast where there are strict rules of dress I live outside of San Francisco now and it doesn't quite make sense anymore especially when my company took the ties off when the accountants took the ties off and showed up in casual dress seven days a week it kind of doesn't make sense but roll with me on this so there's somebody who shows up and seems a little clueless and what do you do with the clueless person you banish him to outer darkness somehow it seems wrong it seems wrong so I want to share with you a story from someone about one of those people who normally would be banished to outer darkness at best it might be part of the B list uh, I, this is a story of a mission that is in the Tenderloin district uh, St. B's a friend of mine who's a seminarian is doing her field ed there and there was this person who was part of the congregation of St. B's I should step back a moment because something that's very unique about St. B's is from the moment they open until noon anyone can come in and hang out they can sit, they can pray, they can also take a nap. And at noon, the, it's run by the Franciscan friars. The father comes in and he says, and he says the mass, and some of the people stay, some leave. But that's their extension of hospitality. They also run a very famous uh, dining room. Uh, my son went to St. Ignatius High. He had served there a few times for his community service credit. So they're kind of known for this. And, there was one of the people who slept in the back sometimes, he had been on the streets for a couple of decades and my colleague the seminarian knew this person and on his good days he would go down to the dining room and help out so he got to be a little bit known sometimes he's sleeping in the back, sometimes he's helping at service sometimes he's helping out down in the dining room what was interesting that she pointed out was he was became part of the life somebody who would have been just kind of someone of the forgotten of the tenderloin I drive through the tenderloin every day people are living their life on the street I notice them I say hi a lot of people are driving through getting up the hill going to city hall going to Grace Cathedral heading downtown so he's part of the background of life he's kind of in that second group the people who well we're going to invite them anyway but he made an impression on her and we, he passed on when he died and he's called home to Jesus all the ways we describe are entering from this world into the next back to our glorious home she asked the pastor can we have a memorial service and he said sure but you're running it so she, exactly so she thought about it she got the service together and then said oh I don't know who to invite because I kind of knew him but not really so she went out and invited people. She brought, asked some of the people who were sleeping back and said, do you know Bill? Let's call him Bill. Come to his memorial service. We just want to remember him. She went down to the kitchen. Do you know Bill? Some of the folks were working down there said, yeah, well, we're having a memorial service. She was able to gather about 50 people. Some came, some didn't, but she put the invite out. And they came for Bill. And, she, and they had the service. She, it, she said it was a great tribute to him, but what was interesting were the people who showed up. 
because not only was it the friends that she could find who also lived on the street with him and the friends who worked in the kitchen, but some of those friends were working for, were people who worked in the tech industries that are moving into that mid-market region. And in the volatile, crazy politics of San Francisco, those are the bad guys. They're the bad guys because they're moving in and they're displacing people as the rents go up and they get into properties and so on. So in the politics of San Francisco, they're not quite the A-list or the B-list, or maybe they are. It gets kind of fuzzy. But you would think there would be a divide, and there wasn't, because they knew Bill. They came. They also were invited, and they came. And that was sort of the beautiful thing, that of all these people who were gathered, the invitation went out, and they came. Not quite like the wedding banquet. But it's something to keep in mind because they recognize they're in community. We're tribal, but we live in community. Josiah Royce, who was a philosopher out of Stanford, taught at Harvard for a little while, right around the end of the 19th into the 20th century, for those who remembered their philosophy classes in college might remember his name, friend of a guy named uh, William James, whoever he was. Um, Joyce wrote about how we're gathered together in tribes because we want to affiliate with somebody to do something, whether it's taking care of our mates, taking care of our food, guarding our food supplies, we come together in tribes and we fight off everybody else because in this tribal world we're more separated than we are together because everyone else is competition for what we want. But Joyce said that sometimes we recognize that there's more that draws us together than takes us apart. And Joyce calls that grace. And that grace actually brings tribes together who normally would be in competition with each other. And it's grace. Familiar term? Yeah. Pretty good coming from a guy who wasn't quite sure if there's God or not. But he recognized that. And I bring that up just to keep in mind that for Bill's memorial service, the people who were gathered, the people who slept in the back, the people who worked in the kitchen, the people who were working for Twitter and in, in the new tech corridor of mid-market, what normally would have been dividing them apart because of all their competing interests and all their competing life experiences and so on, what actually drew them together was Bill and the things that he did. That was what Josiah Royce would call grace. So let's look back at this story about the banquet. Talk through it again. The king sends out the invitation. The slaves go out and they tell the people, come, come, to, the, come to the banquet. The king's invited you. And the response is, I'm too busy. I'm, they ignore them. I've got other things to do. Invitation goes out again. I mean, this is great. This is better than getting an engraved invitation in mail. You've got somebody knocking the door and saying, come to the party. And what do you do? You say no. Well, huge insult. The king's enraged, destroys the people who turn, who turn him down, and then he's got the party without anyone to come. So the king invites the next group of people. He tells his, 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 his slaves, his servants, go get anyone you can find and bring them over. And he comes in and the room's packed and the people know what to do and they show up and he's happy. 
Go figure. His friends are the ones who turn him down. And yet, so what does he do? He sends him off into the great beyond. The people he doesn't know, he's happy to see. Topsy-turvy, flip, go figure. And yet, he's happy that the room is full, and there's one person who stands out, doesn't wear the right clothes, or maybe he's you know, scratching his head or something. He's got the loud sports jacket in a room full of suits. That would be me. Yeah, thank you, because it really looked bad when I was growing up. Um, he throws that guy out. He can't make up his mind, can he? What St. Matthew was trying to say was that this was a story of the kingdom of God. That the chosen ones, the people who thought they were chosen, those religious authorities that were holding tight to the law, and we've got the straw men that we know, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes and so on, because they didn't see who Jesus was, they were condemned out, and they were going to be condemned. They were done for. The other people, that second group, were, frankly, the rest of us, those of us who live, who live our lives, who work, when you consider the people who hung out with Jesus, he had fishermen, he had farmers, he had people walking, he had people on the streets, he took care of poor people, he took care of women, he took care of all the people who are normally outside of the society. They're the people he brought in. And yet, this loving God of ours, this king, finds the one person who stands out and sends him out into outer darkness. I don't get that part. That's the furious scratching of trying to reconcile that with a God I love who has love and goodness and joy for all of us. Why does he do that? And what St. Matthew tries to suggest is that these are the folks who don't quite get it. They come to the party, but they haven't quite figured it out. They come, but like the rich man who's turned away, they haven't quite said, I'm fully committed to following the way of Jesus. Bitter. It's confusing. It's challenging. It's almost as living through what St. Matthew writes a little bit later, calling of the people who turn Jesus away. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, it's a city that kills the prophets and stones God messengers. That somehow, even though we've come, we still don't get the whole idea. But I also think that maybe it's not just this is a story about God, but it's about us. That somehow, sometimes, we don't get it. Sometimes we look and invite and think of the people around us. And we invite them in. But there's always someone who's sort of hanging out there. And how do we approach that person? How do we approach that person? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It's going to be the challenge. Because sometimes we don't see them. I never saw Bill. I worked in that neighborhood. I never saw him. My colleague Bella saw him. How do we see them? I think it's alright because we do. If we stay in touch with each other, if we look beyond all the close groups of people that we hang out with, we reach across those boundaries and share that grace that is God's. Even the loner, even the person who's outside will be able to come in. That's our great gift. 
So maybe it's not a story about how people are separate and about how if we turn God down that the thunderbolt and lightning, will, the thunderbolts will come out and the lightning and so on. It's more of that we're the ones who are throwing the thunderbolts and lightning because we sometimes forget that all of us are in this together. And that's God's wish, that we all stay together. We stay together. We stay alert. When the invitation comes out to be in community, that we join that. That when the invitation comes out to help with something, food banks, pantries, when the invitation comes out to join, to join another congregation in worship, the invitation comes out to join our neighbors across the street, invitation comes out to join the folks who are cleaning up the park. When I was in San Francisco, the hardest thing to do, pardon me, I'm losing my voice, I went to a football game yesterday. The, the hardest thing it, it, that it took to do to be in community in San Francisco was to walk in a crowded Starbucks to sit down and say hi to the person next to you, busy typing away on their phone, computer, mic, you know, slate or something. They were scared. They didn't get this part that we're making the invitation. And there is our Christian call. Reach out and make the invitation. And if they say no, continue on. Don't shun. Keep opening it up. Make the invitation. I thought about what St. Paul, who writes unbelievably well, as the saint should, what he's thinking about at the end of the epistle when we're all so busy that in our lives that sometimes we don't think about these invitations, when we're so busy that we forget that we can help someone else, we're so busy that we become so focused on ourselves that we don't look across that divide, that we can not be busy and listen to God's call to us. St. Paul wrote, Beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, to think about these things. Keep on doing these things that we have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and God of peace will be with you. May God's peace always be with you. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.